This is the All Around Motorsports Podcast. Speaking of nuisances, uh, COVID-19 further destroying our will to live, and uh, as well as Kyle Larson's sanity. Uh, sanity? Okay. <laughs> well, you gotta be pretty insane to do what he did last night. Race Monza in a cup car, or yell racial slurs in the chat? And both. Not slurs, just slur. Yeah, okay, just fair enough. Just singular. To, to be fair, Devil's Advocate Tony, he did only say one that I'm aware of. Yeah, that we're aware of. Who knows what happened off mic, but uh, last night during Monza Madness, uh, Kyle Larson decided to drop the hard R. Uh, this sent uh, NASCAR Twitter into a frenzy, Tim. I don't know if you saw the fallout on Twitter last night, but it was a plenty. Nah, I was asleep, but I saw most of the fallout this morning. By the way, I think saying you dropped the hard R might actually mean a different word to some people, so... To make sure people don't think he used that word, he used the word that starts with N and ends in R, and people in the clan like to say. Rhymes with bigger. I wasn't even going to say that. <laughs> Either way, it was a horrible word you should never use, and Larson decided to put it out there in public chat. Uh, many drivers immediately reacted with, We heard that, dude. Everybody heard that. Uh, Simon Pagino had the look of, Did this asshole really just say what we think he said? Yeah, I think there were a lot of F's in chat for his career, which might actually legitimately be over now. Yeah, he has been indefinitely suspended by Chip Ganassi Racing and NASCAR. And uh, iRacing. iRacing as well. A lot of rumors were pointing to him to take over Jimmy Johnson's seat next year. Uh, I think that's bunked. Frankly, I think with where we are in the world, I think Jimmy Johnson will still be in his seat next year, but there was also a rumor he might take over the six. I think that's gone. Yeah, there's a whole lot of, uh, no. Uh, a lot of people are also congratulating, uh, Ross Chastain for finally getting his Chip Ganassi Cup ride. Yeah, I, I, I don't see any way that his career doesn't suffer from this. Now, like I said earlier in discussing this, I would be surprised if five years from now it is remembered as well, because, frankly, people have done horrible stuff like this before, and it kind of gets ignored, and they just sort of keep going with their lives. I mean, I'll be honest, Santino Ferrucci said some pretty terrible things, and sent some pretty terrible things on social media, and it doesn't seem to be getting held against him anymore, so maybe Kyle will apologize, move on, and, you know, grow as a person, and we'll forget about it, but that's not going to be today. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair to Ferrucci for a moment, though, he was also, like, what, 17 when all that happened? Um, very, very young and immature. I mean, you have a fair point there, although he was still doing some of that immature stuff in his last year before he came to IndyCar, so... Right. But he's done right. a lot of growing up and figuring things out. At this point, Kyle Larson ought to know better. He's, what, in his late 20s? Well, and like I said, it's it really surprised me, just kind of given his background. I mean, his grandparents were put in an internment camp during World War II. I would have thought he'd be a little sensitive to, you know... Yeah. This sort of thing of, you know, saying insensitive language, but, you know... I'm sure he probably is, and is not happy that he even thought it, much less said it. And not to mention, he's a drive-for-diversity driver, like, ah, uh, hello! Yeah, not, not a good look. Not a good look. So, in conclusion to that, I think we can all agree that it was absolutely horrible, and so far, NASCAR and Chip Ganassi have uh, definitely handled this as well as they could, uh... 
I don't know if McDonald's has released a statement, but I know Credit One Bank has released a statement saying that they are in full support of NASCAR and Chip Ganassi's decision and that they do not in any way, shape, or form obviously condone what Kyle Larson said. Larson has also put a statement up on his Twitter, but it, uh, from what I gather, is a pretty generic apology. But, uh, you know, what else can you really do at this point but attempt damage control? I think he did go a step better than Jake Paul, though. I think his apology did not end with like and subscribe, so... Yeah, so I, I guess that's one step forward. After the ten-year step back that he ten? put the let's sport go, in. Let's go with a hundred. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's go, this is going to have irreparable damage to the sport for years to come. It's going to be a long time before people forget that this happened, and now a lot of the... Uh, horrible racist fans that do exist i mean that exists in any sport they've been brought to the light and now the people that uh, hate on auto racing they go oh well auto racing's for a bunch of people that are racist rednecks well now they got fuel for that argument that otherwise would not have been there and had no validity and now it does i i don't know if i even want to bring this up but i will point out that in european professional soccer they've had much bigger issues with I don't know, let's say fans throwing bananas at players of African descent, so one guy saying one horrible thing is bad, but I really think it's it's uh, well, insincere to target NASCAR over this. I'm not saying that it is, isn't, you know, but what I am saying, though, is, is that is happening, and it will happen. No, and, I'm just, uh, I, I want to call those people out because they're just horrendously insincere. Oh, yeah. I mean, hell. Tony, I hate to call out your, uh, your hometown of Boston, hometown in air quotes, I, I'm sure but uh wasn't there an issue with uh, red sox fans yelling racist things at players uh in the 50s yeah i uh, no, pretty, sure been last year. pretty sure some people got uh, arrested and thrown out of the park for it recently but so, uh, a lot of the that's uh, haters of fault that's just people. no i'm just pointing out it's right tr trying to argue this is a nascar problem is ridiculous it's a cultural problem and it exists exactly the fan bases of just about everything but you know people are going to point the finger like, yeah, yeah see, no, it's a NASCAR yeah. problem, I'm and it's not. It's, it's an insincere argument, much like the, oh, kids playing video games causes all these school shootings. Yeah, and, and now even worse, too, is iRacing, who basically doesn't really have anything to do with anything other than being somewhat connected to NASCAR and NASCAR drivers and other drivers participating in the service. They, beyond that, they don't really have anything to do with this, and now they're caught in the crossfire, too. I think, I think frankly, that, that part of it will get ignored rather quickly, because, frankly, the context of it being in an iRacing race really had nothing to do with what he had said. Um, I just, you know, he could have said that playing anything, he could have said that sitting around in his house, he could have said that out eating lunch, like... The context and the way he said it so freely, I wouldn't be, I would not be in disbelief if he said he would use those words at lunch. Well, that's that's sort of the reason why it's a big thing. If when something like that just comes out of your mouth like that, people immediately go, "That came out so easily that I have a hard time believing that it's not something you've said before and will say again." And that's sort of why it's a whole thing. I mean, there've been a couple of internet celebrities that've gotten dinged for it recently too that have just sort of said you on. What the hell, dude? You, you, you said that so quickly and so spur of the moment that there's no way that you thought that they saying, oh, that'll be funny. No, you just yelled that out because that's a thing you yell when you're angry. 
Uh, precisely. But with all that being said, we got a bracket to break down. Yes. Tim, why don't you explain this and what we're doing here? Oh, this and, be really uh, easy to explain. So, um, once again, we're stealing an idea from CinemaSense. <laughs> because why not? Granted, brilliant idea that I think, did, you know, isn't super original in the first place, but we've created a bracket of the, of 64 racing drivers across all sorts of disciplines, and we're going to pair up weird matchups to try to crown in air quotes, the greatest racing driver of all time. There's absolutely no way this won't be controversial. Um, so if you disagree with us, you're more than welcome to, because, you know, this is mostly opinion, and most of these matchups, it's going to have to be based on opinion, because we're trying to get matchups of people that didn't actually race each other as much as we can. And uh, to help us with that is our friend Tony, who you've already heard. He'll be helping us if we get stuck and can't really uh, make a decision. So, Tony, welcome to the program, and thanks for assisting. You're welcome, sir. So we, we could just uh, dive into it. I, we only really... The, so the seating on this is a little up in the air. I mean, first, like, five on the seating are probably in order of when they came into the bracket, but I really just sort of seated it so we don't end up with, you know, like-for-like -like matchups, trying to avoid, at least in the first round, having two NASCAR guys against each other or two IndyCar guys, two F1 guys, trying to avoid that as much as possible so we can get some interesting discussion at least early on. So we got the... First 16 of the, the North are already seeded, so I'll, I'll go ahead and read through the list and then we'll uh, start going through the brackets. So our number one seed in the North region is Dale Earnhardt Sr. Seven-time Winston Cup champion, known as the Intimidator, and one of the greats in the sport, NASCAR Hall of Famer uh, inaugural class as well. Well, and since you've given all the pros, I will give the con. Some people might argue that well, he was great. His greatness was inflated by the way he was tragically taken from us. And oddly, that rolls into our number two in the North region, Ayrton Senna. Uh, yes, multi-time Formula One world champion, considered one of the best and probably the greatest racer from Brazil, arguably. One of them, at least. Our number three seed, AJ Foyt. This man won in literally anything he wanted to. Uh, sprint car, Silver Crown, IndyCar. The only thing he didn't really drive or win with is Formula One. Hell, if he had the shot to do that, I'm sure he would have won in there too. You forgot Super Soaker fights in the garage area at Indianapolis against the press. And beating the hell out of people. Uh, number four seed, Steve Kinzer. The king of the wing, the world of outlaws, undisputed all-time champion, one of the best dirt racers ever, had some forays into pavement, which didn't end well, but he is one of the all-time greats on the dirt. Uh, number five seed, Nicky Lauda. I mean, the man deserves no introduction. Deserves? <laughs> He, he, he doesn't need it, and he doesn't deserve one, because he already earned the right to not have one. Uh-huh. Uh, number six, from uh, the other side of the planet, Jamie Wincup. Uh, yes, V8 Supercar is great. Uh, one of the best. Number seven, from the world of endurance racing, Alan McNish. Admittedly, I don't know a whole lot, but I do know he's awesome. Number eight, Dan Gurney. Another man that needs no introduction whatsoever. Yeah, between race wins, chassis building, team ownership, you name it, he's had his hands on it in the sport of auto racing. Number nine, Johnny O'Connell. One of the greats in IMSA as well as the Pirelli World Challenge and the all-time winner for GM in Grand Touring. 
Number 10 is Jackie, well, Sir Jackie Stewart, I should say. Yes, knighted by the Queen. One of the greatest in the Formula One World Championship. And has a very interesting legacy as a guy who really walked away sooner than, uh, sooner than he necessarily needed to as far as competitiveness, but maybe at the right time to uh, further his goals of increasing safety in the sport. And also a very well-to-do broadcasting career in not only uh, Formula One, but also in NASCAR as well. Uh, number 11, we have Fireball Roberts. The original all-star in NASCAR, one of the first champions of the sport, World War II uh, fighter pilot veteran. Uh, he, the man drove with a busted foot, and he still murdered on the track. He was awesome in his time, and uh, unfortunately died in a crash. 12 seed, Bobby Unser. <laughs> Good old Uncle Bobby of the Unser clan. Another guy that won in just about everything. Pikes Peak, Hill Climb, Midgets, Sprints, IndyCar, Indianapolis Racing, Legend. I mean, heck, if you wanted to try to pick a family that was the great, one of the greatest families in racing, you, the answers are up there. I think three of them are in this bracket. All right, number 13 seed, Dario Franchitti. One of the all-time greats in the IndyCar series. Also, uh, unfortunately, had his career ended due to a crash. Uh, one of the greats in IndyCar in general, had a less-than-stellar NASCAR career, but hey, he gave it a try. Number 14, this will probably be controversial with some people, Kyle Busch. Champion of the Xfinity Series and twice in the Cup Series, uh, was well-known for being kicked out of Roush Racing because he was just too young. The 15 seed, Carroll Shelby. 24-hour Lamar winner, car builder, chassis manufacturer, was one of the two major people to really head up the Ford GT40 campaign for the Ford Motor Company in the 60s at Lamar. I mean, he's just one of the best. When he raced, it was great. His career got cut short due to a heart condition, but it didn't let him stop him. He still went on to win many races as a manufacturer and built some of the greatest muscle cars in American history. And finally, the 16th seed in the North region, David Hobbs. Yes, he was very well in almost everything he did. A gentleman racer in general and a very stately person in the media for auto racing and someone a lot of people connect with and enjoy seeing and hearing from. Uh, excellent broadcaster, both for the Formula One World Championship on Speed, Fox Sports, and NBC. And even CBS for Daytona 500 coverage. Yeah, if, if, if there's been a race that's been televised, he probably commentated it at some point. Yeah, him and Bob Jenkins. And, and who can forget that he was the 1983 Trans Am champion? Precisely. Like, so The dude raced a little bit of everything. So yeah, he really did. That'll bring even us, motorcycles. Yeah, that'll bring us to our first matchup. The number one seed against the 16 seed. Dale Earnhardt Sr. faces David Hobbs. Now, I know we just talked about David Hobbs in very glowing terms here, but when it comes to uh, overall fame as well as numbers, championships, legacy, it's hard to argue Dale Earnhardt Sr. Yeah, the, the, these 1 versus 16 seeds, I think, for the most part, are going to be some of the easier ones we get. You know, it's just going to be the, the way it breaks down. Like David Hobbs is a great guy, but his numbers don't really shine compared to Sr. Now, 
you could argue, depending on what, what kind of race we throw them into, like, you, you give them a sports car race, Hobbs might win it, but Senior wasn't a slouch from sports cars either, to be honest. No, and it was originally part of Senior's retirement plan, once he was done in NASCAR, go run 24 hours of Le Mans, or 24 hours of Daytona, Sebring, as a factory driver for the Corvette racing team. So, so you know, it, obviously... GM had a lot of faith in him in road course racing as well as the oval racing. Yeah, it's just a shame we never got to see it. It really is. Okay, so I guess we'll go ahead and do our vote. I think we already know where Kevin is. Yeah, Dale Earnhardt Sr. Tony, where does your vote fall? Alright, good. Well, I mean, I'm voting for Sr. anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, so we'll, we'll put that one down. <laughs> Thank you for the help, Tony. We really appreciate it. Alright, so, so Tony, you weren't going to vote for David Hobbs, right? I'm not, but it's not because he wasn't a good driver. In fact, I'd pick David Hobbs ahead of a few people that you picked. But That's sort of how, Dale, how the bracket's supposed to work. But Dale Earnhardt is better. Alright, so we'll move on to our second matchup in the North Region. The oh, may I mention, yes. he had a very good finish in his only Daytona 24, and he has one at a road course. So, just want to throw that out there. Well, of course he wanted a road course. He's a Trans Am champion, Tony. And he, no, I'm talking about Dale Earnhardt. Oh. And he made a pass in the dirt at Riverside in 1987. I mean, to be fair, at Riverside, it would be hard not to make a pass in the dirt because it ended up on the track half the time. Well, he ended up on the track thanks to his skilled driving. All right, so our second matchup in the North Region is brings us to the number two seed of Ayrton Senna against the 15 seed of Carroll Shelby. Now, the brain says Ayrton Senna for me. Oh, however, yes, however, I'm going to make a case for Carroll Shelby. His innovations not only permanently affected endurance car racing, but also the muscle car scene in America. His work touched more and did more for the automobile in general and therefore auto racing than I feel Ayrton ever did. That's not to discount Ayrton Senna. He had a brilliant career. One of the great, probably, he raced better in the rain than most race car drivers do on the dry. I mean, he is incredibly talented. And it was sad, you know, the way it all ended for him. But I honestly feel that Carroll Shelby, I think, deserves to win this bracket. You know, if it was a competition for who the best uh, designer or builder was, I'd agree with you, but it, I, it's not. Well, I mean, I'm building a case for overall legacy as well as driving ability. I think that should count more for this than anything else, really. I mean, of course, driving ability is a big part of it, but I think uh, legacy right, should also more? be it. Well, what is it, though? Is it that, or is it not? Well, that that's sort of what you got to decide for yourself, Tony. Oh, okay. That's Go sort on. of the whole point of the thing. I thought it was just best driver. I that That's what where my choices are going to skew. And, I, I like I said, frankly, you know, you want to go with car builder, designer, I you know, Carol Shelby probably beats almost anybody else you can come up with. But well, you, you can, can make, make the argument that Dan Gurney will be rivaling him if we're going with that. Well, depending on how this vote goes, we might get that matchup later. But I, I just have a hard time saying that, you know, as far as 
raw talent that Carol Shelby had the driving talent that Senna did. Uh, I could kind of agree, but I also kind of disagree. I mean, how many 24 hours of Ma did Ayrton Senna win? Well, he never got a chance to race it. That, that wasn't the question. Well, that's like asking how many 24 hours of Le Mans did Dale Earnhardt win. He, he never got to race it. Exactly. I'm just saying. Of course, I mean, Carol Shelby to counter only that, won it once. To counter that, how many F1 World Championships did Carol Shelby win? I mean, he only ran eight F1 races and uh, didn't have a single finish on the lead lap. Granted, it was 1958 and 1959, so... So, I guess it's Ayrton. I mean, that's who I'm voting for. I mean, I'm still voting for Shelby, but... Alright, and Tony, it's time for your vote. This will be the tie-breaking vote. Also, I've noticed on the bracket that we've misspelled Carol Shelby's first name. Senna was so good that it's hard to even... Like, even with everything, it's just so hard not to vote for Senna. It's like not voting for Richard Petty or Dale Earnhardt. Like, you have to advance them. You don't have to. You could make a genuine argument like Kevin did. But that's more of a like trying to figure out the way to make him better, even though it's so hard. To me, it's more about the driving ability. Senna all the way. Round two. Sorry, Shelby. All right, so our winner is Ayrton Senna, who will go on in the next round to face Dale Earnhardt Sr. That's going to be a fun matchup when we get to that. Yeah, I don't even want to think about it right now. Um... I'm not going to. Let's instead <laughs> think about... The three-seed A.J. Foyt against the 14-seed Kyle Busch. We definitely won't talk ourselves in circles and have a hard time with this one. Yeah, no, it's A.J. Foyt. <laughs> Come on. I mean, yeah, Kyle Busch, he's won anything that has to do with NASCAR and super late models, but he's never raced in dirt. And if he, well, beyond the prelude to the dream, that doesn't count. You know, he's never won championships in the dirt. He's never raced IndyCar, at least not yet. He does plenty. Maybe ever, I who knows. But the fact of the matter is, AJ Foyt. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, like I said, this one's this one's a difficult one for me because it, it comes down to. I I think if I just went with Kyle Busch's numbers, I'd want to pick him. But then I look at, oh yeah, a lot of those truck wins and Xfinity wins he has are against fields of really weak teams. <laughs> Yeah, and AJ Foyt always won against the best of the best in now, everything he did. And then, you know, some of this I also have to overcome my recency bias of seeing Kyle Busch race. I mean, Kyle Busch is still out there active. AJ Foyt has been retired for a long time. Oh, at least from driving. Well, yeah. He has also not retired from getting stung by bees. Or wanting to kick people's asses. Alright, Tony, you have any input before we vote on this? I feel like once Kyle Busch's career is over, it's going to be a different outlook because he already has 56 career wins and he's only 35 years old. But? But. Now, I will say this. If we're talking about longevity, A.J. Foyt was still racing after 1980, but it's kind of a Tony Stewart effect. You're fat. You're out of shape. You're not going to be good after oh, that Jesus. anymore. But in his prime, A.J. Foyt did more racing than Kyle Busch did at various levels and was just as successful, if not more successful, since he has so many championships. 
I will not count AJ Foyt's 1979 championship. He was the only USAC driver left, and he won by a landslide because everyone else was a joke. Everything before that, though, absolutely fantastic. He's the man. He deserves to be the man. Smokey Eunuch says he's the best driver of all time. He might not be that, but he's certainly up there. All right, so let's go ahead, and we'll go ahead and take votes. Tony, I, I think that was a vote for AJ Foyt. Car owner, on the other hand, not very good. Well, that's subjective, but uh, okay, so AJ Foyt, clear across the board, if I'm not mistaken here. Yeah, I was, I, 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 it was a toss-up for me. If you both are voting for AJ Foyt, I'll just throw Kyle Busch a bone and give it to him, even though he's already lost. Well, he is a boner of a driver. So, the next matchup we have is uh, seed number 4 and 13. Number 4, Steve Kinzer. And number 13, Dario Franchitti. This one? Oh. This is the kind of matchup this bracket was built for, where it's like, how do we even compare these guys? They did such different disciplines, even. And they were so good in both. I mean, if you're looking, I mean, if you want to equate World of Outlaws championships to IndyCar wins, but at the same time, Dario, he he won an Indy 500, right? I'm trying to remember. I'm sure he did. Uh, man, Tim, you want to take over while I think? I, I don't even know if I have anywhere good to go with it. I mean, Steve Kinzer was a dominant force in what he was doing, and, you know, Dario may not have been dominant in the same way that it seems like Steve Kinzer was, but he was not someone you could count out. Yeah, and if you want to compare NASCAR numbers, they both had equally abysmal NASCAR numbers, so you can't really go there, and you can't. it's not a fair fight. Well, I guess it would be a fair fight to compare Indy 500 numbers, but uh, oh, those are also two completely different eras. Uh, Tony, you have any input? I just went to the bathroom and heard nothing you guys said. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Steve Kinzer is arguably, not even arguably, he is the greatest World of Outlaws driver of all time. Dario Franchitti is probably not the greatest IndyCar driver of all time. They but both does being one of the better IndyCar drivers outdo being the best World of Outlaws driver? Absolutely not. So what you're saying is... Well... Let me finish. Dario and Steve Kinzer both really stunk in NASCAR. I think Steve stunk maybe a little more. Like he was colossally historically bad, while Frankiti was just really bad. Uh, well, Frankiti had what? I finally got racing reference to actually work again. I think he had two seasons. Uh, one season in Cup, ten races, uh, eighteen ah. Xfinity starts, one truck start. And I believe the re one of the reasons why he had solo Cup starts is a difficulty qualifying and b the fact he broke his leg in a i believe it was an xfinity rack at talladega it could have been cup too one of the two so that doesn't help I, him I at all wanna, i almost want to say he wasn't the only one scheduled for that car that ganassi no. was fielding either it was it was a he, weird he time was set a to run the most of the schedule. schedule and i think uh guys such as uh brian clausen he he ran a few races that year in the 40. Yeah, it was it was that weird time where there were a lot of weird things happening with Ganassi cars. In NASCAR in general, I mean, we had a huge run of open wheel guys trying to make their way and Tony Stewart their way into it. 
and uh, ultimately all of them failed. Did anybody else remember that uh, Steve Kinzer's run the Indy 500? Uh, considering I talked about that, yes. Yeah, I don't know how that's a thing that isn't like in my memory. Like he finished 14th in that race. Yeah, he did pretty well in his start. Well, I mean, he crashed. <laughs> yeah, but 14th is still better than 33rd. Uh, that's true. He 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 did finish ahead of a lot of people that uh, were further back. So, in other words, we've done all this talking and made no headway. Steve Kinzer ahead of Dario Franchitti, but I give respect to Dario Franchitti. You know, Tony, I th I'm feeling the same way. Yeah, I, th I think I gotta go with with Steve. Like I said, he was he was a dominant force in his series, whereas Dario was very good and always competitive. But it, you didn't have people going, "Oh, yeah, Dario's gonna win this before the race weekend started." I guarantee you, were there weekends where Kinzer showed up and people knew he was gonna win the A main before the races even started. Well, plus there was a 20-year period where Kinzer was just stupid. 20 years. And even after that 20-year period, he was still really good. He was good until the end. For like 40 years. Now, so I understand I think, it's a little different, and you can be better for longer, but still. I think what we're all saying is, uh, sorry, Dario, Steve Kinzer wins. Which means he goes on to face AJ Foyt in the next round. Which is still a pretty even match. But for our next matchup, we get the 5 seed of Nikki Lauda against the 12 seed of Bobby Unser. I mean, Uncle Bobby is one of the greatest uh, personalities of open wheel racing, particularly in America. As I said earlier, he won in everything, but he's no Nikki Lauda. I mean, Nicky, the things he went through in his career and having to scratch and claw his way through the ranks and just, you know, he did get a little bit of help financially, but he still, he was a guy that really had to earn it. And then once he was at the top of his game, he got taken out by that horrendous crash that honestly could have killed or should have killed anybody else. And he was able to come back and still win. Well, I mean, that's incredible. What's really crazy about that crash is you could absolutely argue it did in the end actually end up being what killed him. I mean, that's also true. But the fact that he overcame that wreck and still was a champion, like, ah! The, m most men would not get back into a car after that. No, absolutely not. And, and today I learned Bobby Unser has one F1 start. That he does. Did not know that. Yeah, a very versatile Bobby Unser, but again, he's no Nicky Lauda. Any input there, Tony? When you win three championships in Formula One on two different teams, that's pretty hard to argue against. Right, Bobby, so go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I that sound like you had another point before I put us to a vote, so I'll, I'll let you make the point. Bobby Unser was good his whole career, pretty much, but... If it wasn't IndyCar, like if he was doing Formula One too, I know that's a, kind of a dumb argument, but that's kind of the way I look at it, is that Formula One back then was more competitive than IndyCar was, and it was harder to be good. And if Unser was doing AJ Foyt, Mario Andretti stuff, where it's like eight wins a year, that kind of thing, then I'd 
maybe make an argument towards him, but he wasn't winning that much. He was winning a lot, but not to the extent where I could say it'll trump three Formula One championships and like a decade of excellence, which back then was a very long time in Formula One. So, Nikki Lauda. No shit, Sherlock. So, Tony's put in his vote. Kevin, your vote? Uh, definitely Nikki Lauda. Alright, well, it looks like we're, we've had a number of clean sweeps. I'm also putting my vote down for Nikki Lauda. Unfortunately, Bobby Unser's attitude towards certain things might have swayed us a little bit. I wasn't even aware of it. I don't even think... It, I have a hunch. We don't even want to acknowledge it further than what you've already said. So, without further ado, the number six seed, Jamie Wincup versus number 11, Fireball Roberts. Tim, why don't you take that podium here? Oh, Lord. Well, I mean, so basically, we had a bunch of slots open. I'm like, you know what series hasn't been represented? Represented? Did, 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 did anybody else know tell us what series had no representation at that point? I yeah, there we go. We had nobody to represent the Supercars Championship. I'm like, well, let's let's find some names that get floated around as some of the greatest for that series. And so, that's where Jamie Wincup came from. Has 119 wins in Supercars. Which is insane. Uh, seven titles, four Bathurst 1000 victories, and a victory in the 12 Hours of Bathurst. With all that being said, Fireball Roberts... Uh... One of the original all-stars of the NASCAR Grand National Tour, now known as the Cup Series, uh, also did well in the modified division. All this with a completely busted up leg and foot due to a World War II injury. Uh, won a few championships, and unfortunately in the 60s he passed away due to a crash. Um, he was already in the twilight of his career at that point, so it's hard saying if he would have won much more. By the 60s, you had uh, you know guys like Richard Petty and David Pearson coming in, so it was definitely a changing of the guard. So it's hard to say that Fireball would have done much more when it comes to the win column, and if you're looking at pure wins, I think Win Cup kind of wins this one. Alright, Tony, go ahead and make the case for Fireball. I know you've got it. I don't think there was a changing of the guard. He was only in his 30s, and he was in the best equipment NASCAR had to offer. So I'll disagree with you on that. On the other hand, I'm kind of shocked that you guys picked him over Lee Petty or Joe Weatherly. Oh, they're in or... here. Well, are just, they? They're in different. They're in, going to be in different. Uh, well, how come brackets? Fireball Roberts is? Well, as in this Tim list? explained. We're trying to make it to where you don't have NASCAR driver versus NASCAR driver, IndyCar versus IndyCar. We want to mix it up a little bit. So they're on the list, but they're for a different uh, bracket that we're going to be doing, too. It's going to be like a, what is it, a four-round bracket? Because we have a north, south, east, and west. Yeah, much like March Madness. Right. So they're going to be in there. We're going to talk about them. Don't worry, Tony. Well, is this bracket better than the rest? No. Oh, okay. It's all equal footing. It's just a matter of space. Yes, yeah, so the, 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 each division then goes in much like March Madness, and they have whoever wins that, then goes that's the final four, and they go against the other one. So we could end up with, like, Dale Earnhardt, Richard Petty, and, you know, whoever, because they're in separate divisions. But that probably won't happen, because... Well, it might happen. I don't know. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, we can't say for certain, but yeah, there's going... It's, they're going to be there, Tony. I haven't, so, I haven't even seeded the 
properly div the division Richard's going to be in. So who knows who he ends up facing. But that being said, Tony. The problem I have with Fireball, as great as he was, he only raced the big races. He didn't race a lot of short tracks. And really, other than a couple years, he never raced short tracks. Like, he'd race a few. But he'd always win at Daytona and Atlanta and Charlotte. And it's because of his equipment. Granted, I will say there's a reason he got the equipment. But statistically, on racing reference, it's hard to really gauge how good he was prior to getting that equipment. Like, I don't know how... like. Like, if you put him at North Wilkesboro in 1962, how's he going to do? He's probably going to do really well, but there's no proof. And that's the hard part. He just didn't race enough. Granted, I could make the same argument about Fred Lorenzen, who I want on this list so badly, and say he's the best driver of all time. But he won everywhere, and he raced everywhere. Fireball just raced the big races. Jamie Wincup, he's racing everything and winning everything. And he's probably the best that that sport's ever had. I just can't. Like, I'd have a completely different argument with Fireball Roberts if it was against another NASCAR driver. But against this guy, who's clearly the best, it's the same Steve Kinzer argument, I'd have to put Wincup. In fact, I don't even think it's close. All right, so we, we have Tony's vote. Uh, where are you going with this, Kevin? I gotta go with Jamie as well. Yeah, that's where I was too. I was I was hoping somebody was gonna be able to sway me to Fireball because frankly I don't know a whole lot about his career. I mean, he, he's a guy I'm aware of and knew he was good, but never really knew much more than that on him. So with that, Win Cup moves on and will face Steve Kinzer. No, he faces Nikki Lauda. Oh, Steve that's Kinzer's right. Sorry, his, I was looking yeah. at it wrong. Okay, he gets a go either way. Jesus. That that'll be a fun matchup when we get there. I think this next one's already a fun matchup, though. Yes, uh, number seven seed, Alan McNish versus number ten, Sir. That is Sir to you, Jackie Stewart. So, uh, I have to be honest, I don't know much about Mr. McNish. And I only have a medial knowledge about Sir Jackie Stewart, but that tells me enough to vote for Jackie Stewart, because... He was obviously so good in Formula One, and he had, you know, he was very much at the forefront of safety in that sport, and he had an amazing broadcasting career after he was out of the seat. It's going to be difficult for anybody to sway me against Sir Jackie Stewart. So you're telling me three wins at Le Mans, three ALMS championships, and the FIA World Endurance Championship is not enough? It's enough to make me second guess, but not about, to actually move it. How about 16 starts in F1 for Toyota, of which he never podiumed? Oh, that hurts him now. But that was before he went and ran sports cars. Either way. I, it's going to be difficult to sway me from Jackie Stewart. Any input there, Tony? Formula One back then was just so important. That's where you went if you were the best, no matter where you were in the world. And he won three championships, and he was competitive in every year he ran, especially the last six. Went out on top, could have won more if he kept going. It's just hard for me to argue against Formula One back then, because it was the pinnacle. No matter what you did, 
later on in another series. It's just so hard to break Formula One victories and championships. And to your point, too, if you're going to just compare Formula One stats between drivers, I mean, there's definitely a clear winner. Yeah. yeah very different eras. Yes. Plus, back then, Formula One drivers could race more. They could race ovals. They could do so much compared to today where it's so one-dimensional for them. Yeah, that, that, it, that's a weird nature of the way the world has evolved. You used to have where... You they know, could probably run dirt. You, you'd, you'd run F1 races. You'd go run touring car races. You'd have non-championship races. You'd go run sports cars all over the place. You'd come over here, run some indie, you know, indie stuff. And, you know, it was just what everybody was doing. Now it's really weird if one F1 driver takes one race off to go run something else. Fernando effect. Well, and then you get stuff like there, there was, you know, a few guys that actually went and ran Le Mans, and briefly that was going to be a problem because they were going to schedule a race in Azerbaijan the same day as the 24 hours. And it was like, but that means Nico Hulkenberg can't run both anymore. So, back to the subject matter, I think... Tony went for Jackie Stewart. I have two. Tim? Yeah. What's the verdict? It's got to be Jackie Stewart. Although, I I will say Alan McNish is a hell of a wheelman. I I think we can agree there, all three of us. You, you basically have to be to make the bracket, so. So, now we have, uh, let's see here. We're going to have Alan McNish versus whoever wins the next one, which is 8 seed Dan Gurney. And number nine, Johnny O'Connell. You mean Jackie Stewart, right? We just eliminated Alan McNish. Right, that's what I said. That's not what you said. Is it? Well, then I screwed up and I'm stupid. You're going to love listening back to that. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. Thanks, uh, Tim. Uh, remind me to uh, uh, bang my head against a wall later, okay? All right, well, you know, we, 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 can, uh, we can all do that. Oh, shit. So, anyways. 8C, Dan Gurney, 9C, Johnny O'Connell. Uh, is anybody going to vote for Johnny O'Connell here? Or... Uh, not with this seating, I don't think so. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, O'Connell's great and all, but... <laughs> I get Dan Gurney. Yeah, I mean, Johnny O'Connell really, really lit the world on fire in sports cars for Corvette, but... Yeah, I th th there are guys on the list for the whole bracket that he probably would beat, but Dan Gurney's not one of them. Most certainly not. Tony, any input? Steven's still here. Which means we'll get a really fun matchup the next time for the North Region when uh, Dan Gurney goes against Jackie Stewart. That's one of those like-for-likes I was trying to avoid, because they actually did race each other. Well, I guess it'll make the uh, conversation go a little bit easier. Yeah, I think that one will be a more cut-and-dry conversation, except the fact that Dan Gurney ran a whole bunch of stuff and a whole lot more than Jackie did, I would say. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> I told you! Pizza stuff. It works out, Tony. Uh, Dan Gurney or Johnny O'Connell? Which one were you going to vote for? I don't know anything about Johnny O'Connell. So Dan Gurney, okay. Well, no, wait a minute. Who's Johnny O'Connell? Here, have a Wikipedia page. Insert link being sent sound effect here. Well, he was in a Super Bowl ad. Does that get him any points for you? So uh, he's no, won four Le Mans, finished second four times. I wish it was easier to find statistics on Trans Am guys or that would be endurance nice. racing guys. It, it's a place that racing reference is severely lacking. 
it says he won four GT drivers championships in a row, but I feel like it's not as competitive now. Well, this wasn't recently either. Yeah, this was back in Trans Am days when it was actually relevant. Gotta go with Dan Gurney. All right. I mean, well, to be an American driver and be like somewhat competitive in Formula One is pretty impressive. And the Riverside races, like you can discount that and say, well, that's just NASCAR. He won every fucking race, and they were a big deal. And the Eagle chassis manufacturing was just bananas. Yeah, yeah, that that it's. It's amazing. It's amazing how different F1 is now. Back back then, guys could own the team and design the car and go out there and win races. And that's just not where four. we are. Just not where we are anymore. No, now you need a ex NASA scientist to build a spaceship to put wheels on. Going to space. And speaking of going to space, I think it's time to upload this episode into the web space. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining, and hopefully you found this entertaining as we did. It was a good way to pass a little bit of time here as we await for Real Racing to once again come back and we can actually have some fun and spirited conversation about the news and reviews of everything coming forward, and hopefully we don't have to talk about drivers being racist. Oh, no. Breaking news sound effect. Uh-oh. Chevrolet has suspended its relationship with Kyle Larson indefinitely. Oh, see, that's the Ooh. kind of stuff we don't want to be talking about anymore. Oh, it's just getting worse for him by the minute. Oh. Oh. oh Uh-oh. No. Oh, no. oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, that's a bad noise. Uh, yes, the one that came out of his mouth was a pretty bad noise. It'll go, it'll go out. Fire extinguisher. For that dumpster fire. Yeah, the... Yeah, oh lord, it's, it's and you know here's here's actually a quote from Benny Parsons after he said that. Oh, he can't do that. All right, uh, any other drops you want to throw in before I terminate the recording? Yes. What a douchebag! I just want to say that Fred Lorenzen is the greatest driver of all time and should be on this list. But I, I un- think unfortunately, he that's incredible. Oh, there there was one drop we could have used a couple times for guys we didn't know who they were, and I didn't. I know who you are. There you go. <laughs> Don't worry, Tony. I, I believe he's... I forget which region he's in. Those lists haven't been fully finalized, so we're still working on those. Tim, you told me he was not on the list. He wasn't, but he should be in over somebody I did put in, so he's getting in. Yeah, it's yes. getting fixed. We, we, see, this This is why we were trying to have a off-mic discussion about the list that we really didn't get through. So now it's an on-mic discussion about who belongs in and who doesn't. He definitely goes in over, I don't know... Uh, let me pick somebody that I can kick out. Like, uh, I don't know, I could probably kick Kevin Harvick out. Definitely. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no. Look at Kevin Harvick's stats. Okay, that's for a different discussion. Come on, let's third end this thing. Third in points, third in points, eighth in points, third in points, first, second, eighth, third, third. All right, Keep fine, Tony. Sam Hornish Jr. gets kicked out. Close Matt's mic. But elephants aren't nuisances, though. They're pretty cool animals. I think he was doing pizza stuff again. <laughs> well, pizza, pizza stuff. stuff. Mm. Ironically, I don't think we even need his vote for this one. <laughs>